Will you outlast your money? Do you stay awake at night worrying about providing for your family? Are you making the right decisions about your investments? There are many life-changing decisions that arise and questions you want answered when going through divorce or after you've received your settlement. This is the Financially Ever After podcast, where you'll hear stories of women like you and get advice from the industry's top professionals. Here's your award-winning and nationally recognized host, Stacey Francis. Welcome to Financially Ever After. I am Stacey Francis, your host, and we're going to be talking about all things holidays today. Sherry Bornstein is our special guest. She is a matrimonial and family law attorney. She has had a practice in Connecticut since 1989 and then relocated to New York City, the Big Apple, and currently has joined the law firm of John Yakos one of my dear friends as well. She works actively with families, helping them best empower her clients to make good decisions, be able to help support their children, which is something that we're going to be talking about today. Are you on the naughty list or are you on the nice list? Well, Sherry is going to be telling us a little bit more about how you can make this holidays special for your children with peace and the harmony that we all deserve. Be sure to listen in and she talks about how to deal with different rules and schedules, different bedtimes that often come to a head and create conflict during the holidays. Sherry also talks about the pizza style drop-off. Are you curious? Well, you're going to learn all about what that means and why that is something that you can use to reduce conflict between you and your spouse. And also be sure to wait to the end where she reveals how buzzwords like Blue Pigeon or Scooby-Doo can be your ticket to keeping emotions under wrap and keeping calm, peace, and harmony. So make sure that you listen in today. Thank you for joining us and happy holidays. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that is very, very timely, and it's all about getting through the holiday season uh, as intact as possible, which we know is tough. But if you have a newly divorced family, boy, there are a lot of mistakes and pitfalls that I hear um, families making when taking a, a stressful time of the year and having it become that that much more stressful. So we have a wonderful guest today, Sherry Bornstein. I'd just like to welcome you to the show. Thank you, Stacey. Happy to be here on behalf of Family Kind. It's great to have you here, too. And um, I'd love to just hear from you, um, your involvement in Family Kind, because I know that you are doing some really important work. Sure. So I am the Director of Parent Services at Family Kind. Family Kind is a not-for-profit that provides a number of supportive services to families experiencing divorce and separation. We offer a number of programs, the Parent Education Program to provide separating and divorcing families with education about the court process and tools and strategies about how they can be the best co-parent that they can be as they embark on this family transition. We offer mediation, parenting communication, parenting coordination services as well for folks and coaching as well. 
We also put on a number of workshops in various places around the city and the different boroughs, again, to spread the word and help provide support for folks in this situation. I also know that with Family Kind, you offer all these services on a reduced fee for individuals that qualify. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because one of the biggest challenges as div- of divorce is, is the cost. The it, cost. Can be, it can be huge. We are so lucky to work with an amazing group of consultants who are part of our team, and they generously accept a reduced rate much lower than they would charge in their private practices. And as a result, we're able to offer a sliding fee scale to parents so they can take advantage of these much needed services. And so a a couple coming together, coming to Family Kind, would it be a couple together, the two of them? Would it be only one person? How do you work with a family? Let's say a family that might just be calling you up today and starting the divorce process. So different services require a different configuration of participation. So the parent education class, parents cannot attend together. Um, Sometimes they're great and they get the other parent to call, but they cannot attend together. Mediation, they need to come to the same sessions. Communication, our communication program, Good Talk for Parents, requires parents to come together. For higher conflict parents, parenting coordination doesn't necessarily mean that parents will attend sessions together. If possible down the road, we'd like them to do that. Hearing the same information at the same time is really important. Coaching services can be individual. Sometimes folks will ask for assistance for themselves as they go through this process. Sometimes parents wanna come in together because they're looking for one of our divorce coaches to provide them with a script perhaps to talk to their child about the divorce process. Mm -hmm. So it depends. And what I'm hearing from all of this is that it's very child-focused, that the child is in the middle and being able to, number one, support that child, but to help parents talk to each other in a, a safe way that doesn't create collateral damage and educate them on how to be the best parents through this process and also give them support through counseling or a parent coordinator to help them manage manage this whole process too. Children are really at the center of all that we do. We ask parents to think about the long-term effects of their children being exposed to parental conflict. That is what determines how children will fare through a family transition, not the configuration of the family, but the children's exposure to parental conflict. So if we can help parents reduce their level of conflict, we know that the benefits will trickle down to their children. It's kind of like when you get on the airplane, and we say this a lot, when you get on the airplane, the flight attendants will tell you to put your mask on as the adult, because if you take care of yourself, you can take care of your child. And the holidays for children, it's a really special time. Absolutely. It's a really special time. But unfortunately, there's a lot of conflict. I I see it where a last minute phone call of, you know, he dropped 
Johnny off five hours late or whatever it, it might be. How do separating and divorcing parents find themselves in conflict during this time of year? I mentioned a couple of things, but I'm, I, I know that there's so many other pitfalls of this time of year just besides that. Exactly. So holidays are stressful enough. If you add in a less than amicable separation of divorce, uh, you have a pressure cooker. So I think there are two reasons why parents find themselves in conflict. The first is they don't plan sufficiently ahead of time to create a, in creating a parenting plan, and they have an unreasonable expectation regarding uh, sharing holiday time with the other parent. So really, parents should start having this discussion in, say, October. Okay. Um, I know well retail, before. well, well before. before, you know, retail, we hate to see the holidays rushed, but this is the time to start talking about the holidays. If a parent is listening to this podcast and doesn't have a plan, if there's conflict, it may be too late to create an ideal plan. So we tell parents, don't wait until the last minute to run into court with a motion or ask mm -hmm. the lawyer to schedule a meeting to hammer out a holiday schedule. Secondly, all things being equal, parents need to share the holiday. Um, as a practitioner, I recall a specific case. I literally had to have a hearing in front of the judge because the other parent wanted my client to have December 23rd and December 24th. My client was not interested in not celebrating any portion of the holiday and very much wanted to make suggestions how both parents could share the Christmas holiday. We ask parents to remember that they don't have to impose the same bedtime on the Christmas holiday that they do for other times of the year. Christmas is a time of excess food, yes. gifts. Yes. It's okay. Your kids will catch up on their sleep if it means that the holiday schedule will be enjoyable for your child. Think about being a little bit more flexible. They will bounce back. Well, I have to tell you, Sherry, thank you for telling me that because <laughs> I always kick myself because the kids stay up later. Of I mean, course. they just stay up later. And I can imagine that if I was divorced and already pretty darn ticked at my ex-spouse, that this is really bad. I'd probably say, well, I'm sure it's okay for me, but do not stay up late at your dad's place. Right. So that's one of the, the conflicts you see as well is, Differing parenting styles and differing rules. Do you do you see there being two different sets of rules? And what does that do to a child? Because I imagine it would be very confusing. It is. And kids expect to have a joyous occasion and they may be reacting to some of the prior transitions. So for some folks, I'll give the example midnight mass. Yes. So parents yeah, maybe it's a late night. Right. It's a late night. They've done it before. So why impose an eight o'clock bedtime on Christmas Eve when the family, when it was intact, stayed out much later? Exactly. Yeah. And and always had gone to, to midnight yeah. mass. Yeah. In this creating a, a parenting plan, it sounds like there are really a couple parts. There's the how do you deal with the holiday, right? Who has which days and, and making sure that there's and even sharing among the parents. But there's also the second piece of having flexibility and being able to make sure that you're being flexible with each other. Because for this holiday, I mean, even airfare, sometimes I have found myself tra traveling with the kids extremely early in the morning or unfortunately late at night because you, you save 
20, 30, I've even seen discount of 40% by just having those different flights and the different times. So I'm hearing that there's a few factors that you want to make sure that you are talking about starting in in October exactly. to make sure that it flows smoothly. Exactly. So that really goes toward helping parents reduce their conflict. So when parents are creating a parenting plan, it's really first to determine what, what holidays are important. For some families, holidays are celebrated at different times. I had another client, she and her husband were nurses. They never celebrated on the day. So they made their parenting plan around the times that they knew they had their days off. 1224, 1225 wasn't that important. But for those families, when that is important, parents need to really be specific about when they're going to be on duty for the parenting plan, including pickup times and drop-off times where the exchange will take place to avoid, it's really all to avoid misunderstanding and creating havoc on the holiday. Yeah. And I'd love to hear more about any tips you have of protecting the kids from exposure to their parents fighting a conflict and you know, any ideas of even how you drop off a child and, and how you pick up the child? What, what are some best practices to help, especially in situations where the parents despise each other? They are just not getting along. The most important thing is for parents to remember is holidays are about the kids. It yeah. is their yeah. most joyous time. If parents can celebrate a portion of the holiday together. That can be a tall order for some folks if the separation is new and emotions are high, but what a wonderful role yes. model for kids. Um, for some parents, this might be Christmas morning. For parents who need to exchange children, we like to talk about the pizza delivery. When you order pizza, you don't carry on with the delivery person you open the door, you politely greet the person who's delivering your pizza, you hand over the money, you accept your pizza, you say thank you, and you calmly shut the door. That is the protocol that we ask parents to think about, whether it's the holidays or any other transition that's a face-to-face -face transition. I love that. The, I'm big on analogies. Yeah, I love it. So it's the pizza delivery. It's the pizza delivery. and. That is such a good analogy. So that's reducing that conflict that happens a lot of times where things get sparked when you're dropping kids off or dropping, you know, or picking kids up. What do you do in that situation when your pizza is delivered three hours late? It is the time to win an Academy Award. Yeah. It, you may want to lash out, but it's important to keep those emotions in check and have a discussion at a time other than the transition. Really, for parents, it should be only, say, there was a need to deliver or tell the parent when the child had the last amoxicillin. Yes. You know, Johnny had amoxicillin at, at 5 o'clock, we'll need bedtime. That's it. That's it. Anything else needs to be done outside the presence of the children. It's great. Yeah. Great, great, great um, suggestion. If you are getting your Academy Award and you're you're doing a great job, but your ex-spouse is 
being confrontational. What are some techniques or, or words that we can use, or maybe not words, strategies of action or non-action to quell that so that your child's not exposed to this bitterness? So one of the things is not reacting. One of the things could be to calmly say, I can see that you're upset at this time, and it seems like this is a really important topic for us to discuss. Can we set a time to have a discussion when it would be most appropriate? Some parents come up with a buzzword. They will throw out an interesting word that they've agreed is their buzzword when one of them acknowledges that things are kind of going off the rails. And when one parent says that word, the other parent understands they need to stop and they need to have the discussion at another time when everybody's in a much different place. And it's interesting when we ask parents to come up with a buzzword, they they often pick very child-related buzzwords and it's a reminder to them, I'm not behaving, I got to stop. You know, it's so funny. I, I just have to bring up a story. My husband and I have a buzzword. And we created a buzzword for when I was learning to drive in England. And the buzzword was blue pigeon. And whenever I was driving and getting a little too close to the curb, because that was my biggest issue driving on the other side of the road, getting too close to the curb of the of the road that I might hit it, he would just say, blue pigeon, blue pigeon, look at the blue pigeon. And We did that because we didn't want the kids to get worried of him saying, you're going to hit, you know, you're going to get hit the curb and we're going to get an accident. Exactly. And it was hilarious because by the end of our trip in England, where I had been driving and and FYI, I never hit the curb. I was so proud. Sebastian said, you know, where are all these blue pigeons? Where are these blue pigeons? And he said, "Is, is daddy trying to make sure you don't hit the curb? And I said, well, that's actually... You're right. You're right. And it was became a kind of a, a joke. And I can imagine in a family too, where you have that buzzword, you're like, yep, okay. They said the buzzword. Okay. So we know that exactly. everybody needs to just kind of calm down. Exactly. So, but that's a great idea. Yeah. That's a great, yeah. great idea of having that, that word, ideally for us, blue pigeon, you know, kind of a crazy word that, that reminds you to think about the kids. Yeah. Think about and, the kids. And when it's child focused, It's a good reminder for parents to remember what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. Yeah. So I love the next question. How can parents avoid being naughty? And I I feel like we, we as parents need an elf on the shelf. In fact, our elf on the shelf, Foodle, just flew in from the North Pole last night. And my, my kids know that he's a pretty important part of their Christmas experience because he flies back to Santa every single night and reports on the kids. So wouldn't it be great if there was a foodle, that's our elf's name, a foodle for divorcing parents, reminding us, reminding us that if we are naughty, Santa, the divorce Santa, will will find out. Can you tell me a little bit more about what parents can do to to not essentially lose their Christmas gifts at at, uh, the holiday time? Absolutely. So parents, those who are creating parenting plans should take into consideration 
their traditions. It's important to honor them if that's possible. So what's important to this particular family? Does it need to be the same parenting plan that another family has because traditions are important? And as much as it is important to keep traditions in mind, sometimes it's time to think about new things. Mm -hmm. So when parents Mm -hmm. have a plan and it looks different, maybe they need to create a new tradition. So a special breakfast with a special food or special pajamas that they wear if it's Christmas morning, just something to change it, but to provide new traditions to kids so they have something to look forward to. For interfaith families, it's actually very interesting because if they can agree to allocate holidays between them, that they're not in competition for the same time, That can be actually very positive for those families. You mentioned travel. That's really important as well. Asking parents to think about what it means to alternate versus sharing a holiday. Every parent may want to share a holiday because they don't want to give a minute up, but kids feel very stressed when they are expected to eat two meals, big meals in one day. And why don't you want to sit being shuttled and needing to sit at the table and consume another meal? Why aren't you eating? I told your, you know, your mother not to feed you all that, or I told your dad to leave room. Think about dessert. Think about dinner. Think about what that means. It might be hard on the parents, but again, holidays really are for children. As really asking parents to think about what their children's story will be when they are adults. We don't want to hear from kids that holidays were horrible because Mm -hmm. their parents had conflict during their holiday time when it was supposed to be joyous. Avoiding letting kids know that a parent is feeling blue. It is not for children to take care of parents. Yes, yes. Also, children are surrounded by family members, and those family members may think that they're doing a very good job being supportive to one parent by speaking negatively about the other parent. Oh, my gosh. making sure that all that may be true, but making sure that those family members know it is not appropriate to speak negatively when everybody's having a lovely dinner. It's not healthy for kids. I like to tell parents to share pictures of their child opening presents. What a nice thing. Here was Johnny opening up the gift under the tree. Look at that smile on our child's face. Really good things that parents can do. I don't remember who said this to me, but it was was a really interesting saying that I think a lot of parents should keep in the back of their mind because it puts it puts it all 100% crystal clear in perspective. Do you hate your spouse more than you love your child? And every parent is going to tell you, I love my child more. I love my child more. And all of these things, it's showing your love. I hear a lot of, a lot of parents really upset with the behavior of their spouse for whatever, whatever is. And what they have found is that taking the high road is always the best thing for their kid and that kids are smart. If that parent really is shirking their duties, 
unfortunately, you're, or fortunately, whatever your opinion is, your child's going to figure it out. They're going to figure it out. They're going to look back when they're 25 and say, you know what? Funny enough, you know, dad canceled all his weekends. You know, every other weekend that I was supposed to be with him, he canceled and he canceled last minute. That's not a very good dad. And at the same time, we'll look at, well, how did my mom deal with it? Well, my mom dealt with it and said, oh my gosh, we've got the weekend. Should we go to Six Flags? What do you want to do? This is so exciting. I get to spend more time with you. And what an impact that has than on their relationship. So I agree with you of you don't have to tell the child about that other person's negative behavior. They're going to see it. And if anything, it helps you create an even stronger bond, an even stronger bond with, with your child. What would you say more practical or any other tips that you might have to just Make it less stressful. So, you know, less of the shuttling back and forth, creating some new traditions. If certain traditions like going to the midnight mass and then the next morning going to dad's and having another two hour mass, which I mean, as an adult, that scares me, let alone for a poor child. I I can't imagine. You know, that's a tradition that just isn't going to work. So, having to make some changes. Any other tips that you have to help? parents, you know, get through this for, you know, with with less stress on the kids? Yes. So thinking about whether one family celebrates Christmas Eve, that's a time when presents are open. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how can that be folded in? Should Christmas Eve overnight to Christmas morning alternate with Christmas morning overnight to the 26th? Should that be something that remains in place? Should that time period alternate so each parent, because Christmas morning is so important for so many parents, especially when kids are little, both parents want to celebrate that? Or should Christmas Eve end at 11 o'clock? And yes, kids will be tired at the exchange, but they'll wake up early because they know there very well may be presents awaiting them. Um, Some other practical suggestions. As I mentioned, celebrating a portion of the holiday together, if there's any way to do that. Allowing children to take their presents back and forth. That's um, a great idea. They are so excited oh, uh, about great, what they If it's a stuffed animal in particular or like a new iPhone. I mean, like, obviously, these are things that that are really, I would not have thought of. But it will also show that mommy and daddy are are getting along. Exactly. They don't want to be told. You have to leave your gift here. Oh it my cannot God. go to that other yeah. person's house. I like to tell parents if they are in the mindset to do so, purchase a gift for your co-parent from your child. If your co-parent has another child, send a gift for the step-sibling. Yeah, Bake something and send it along. It's not from you. It's from your child. If you can have a civil discussion with your co-parent, compare the present list. Yes. Don't buy duplicate items unless you really want to do that. So maybe the year is PlayStations in each homes and then you buy the different games that go with it because they're not going to want to schlep those back. You know, there's a great way to do that, too, is the Amazon wish list. That's a great idea. Yeah, just saying, all right, put together a a wish list for mommy and daddy and for Santa. So let's make sure that we have all these, these lists ready to go. And then it tracks when it's been purchased. 
to make sure. So if there are two PlayStations, I'd like a PlayStation in each house. You put two and you can see, oh, he bought his. I can. What a great idea. And I love it how, how easy that is. And even for grandparents, because I imagine coordination with, you know, grandma and grandpa over here and grandma and grandpa over there. Like this is, wow. Yep. That's fantastic. Yep. They could definitely do that. It also avoids parents out gifting each other. Oh, uh, God. Because there's so yes. much competition and one parent wants to be the best present giver. Parents can also purchase gifts and tell the kids, this is from mommy and daddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great message for parents, uh, for parents to tell their children as well. And I guess the couple of takeaways. So no judge, as wonderful as the judges are, they're never going to be able to craft a parenting plan or yeah. order a parenting plan that's going to meet both parents' needs and desires. Parents really hold the power to do that. And really asking parents to be flexible and open-minded because the poison that you dole out one year, you'll swallow the next year. Mm -hmm. So be open-minded. Put your kids at the forefront of all the decisions. If your kids are at an age where they can understand and appreciate a schedule, tell them they're going to want to know when they're with both parents. It's as important to them as it is to you. Yeah, that structure is key. It is. Absolutely key. And I'd, I'd love to hear more about people can reach out to Family Kind. And in particular, you know, what we're talking about here, you offer parenting coordination so that to help a couple construct this beautiful document, having an intermediary, someone there to, to essentially support them and keep them in the, in the guide rails of uh, the process. So Tell me a little bit about how people can reach out to Family Kind, how they can use the services, because there's no other organization out there like it. They can go on the website, which is www.familykind.org. There's a phone number they can call. I am director of parent services, so I will return the call. It's my pleasure to speak with parents and help match them up for services that are most appropriate. And our services appeal to parents on the spectrum of conflict. So we have mediation. They can come in, they can mediate a parenting plan, including every holiday. We have parents who need to learn how to communicate a little bit better in order to make the decisions for their family's holiday plan. And then for folks who are on the higher spectrum of conflict, We have parenting coordinators. All of our parenting coordinators are mental health professionals, well-versed in child development, so they can provide a lot of feedback and recommendations for folks who have a lot of conflict and can't see their way forward to come up with a plan that would be best for their family. Well, as a board member of Family Kind, I would also be remiss that when our listeners go on the website, please go to the donate button. Much to Family Kind. And, you know, if you yes. heard Sherry there, um, our listeners, it's it's familykind.org. It's a 501c3 charity, a nonprofit. And that's how you're able to be able to provide these services to so many people of different economic needs and different economic means. Everybody, every child, every child deserves a happy childhood. And a divorce can ruin that. And this is a fantastic organization. So I can't thank you enough for 
for being here today, Sherry. Thank you. And thank you for all your support. Much appreciated. I so enjoyed speaking with Sherry. And the piece that I'm really walking away with is answering this question, which I think is a tool that we can all use. Do I love my children more than I despise my spouse? And for all of us, we love our children more. And so that is what can keep us as our guiding light as we move forward through this holiday season. I wish you the best of holidays and I wish for you happiness and financial security. One of the biggest resolutions, we see the number two resolution falling in right behind getting in shape is getting in financial shape. If you have questions about your financial situation, if you have a feeling that things could be better invested and your money working harder for you, please reach out to us. You see, here at Francis Financial, we have an expertise of working with women just like you, going through and after divorce, making sure that your nest egg is protected, and just as importantly, producing the income and growth you need to make sure that you're financially secure, not just today or five years from now, but for the long term. Please reach out to us at www.francisfinancial.com or you can email me, Stacy S-T-A-C-Y, at francisfinancial.com. Thank you for joining in. Happy holidays. And we'll be talking to you in two weeks. See you soon.